Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. Amen. You may be seated. And today we continue on, uh, to- we continue on talking about the kingdom. And the idea behind the kingdom is that as, I was, as I've been praying and discerning, trying to discern what it is that God is wanting to say to you, what God is saying to me, that, that because of such divisiveness that exists right now. Specifically, it's in the air. You can cut the air, man. There's times where you just, it's just like, boom, there it is. And because of the divisiveness and some of the twistedness and we, people aren't trusting and people are wondering what is true and what's not and what's good and what's bad and who can we believe? And because of these types of things that are taking place in our culture, it is very, very, very important that we, the church, understand the principles of the kingdom of God that God governs by, that he says, I'm putting that in your soul because it's what I've done, it's what I'm doing in, in the life of the church. He's putting something into you fresh and new, something good. And he wants you to understand why, why it is that he is in fact doing that. So we're looking at the kingdom of contentment Last week, we looked at the kingdom of truth, things that we need, can live by, but how we can often get messed up, what? In thinking other ways, in processing other ways. And before we know, we don't even know truth from lies. We don't even know what that is. Today, we're looking at contentment. And I don't know about you, but I, I, there's something very wonderful about living content. But there's something about our culture and this has existed for a long time, that seems to be seeking for something and can't find contentment. But the kingdom of God is a kingdom of contentment. It's a kingdom of contentment. And, and uh, so I'm going to contrast that today. The kingdom of God, contentment, against the kingdom of darkness, coveting, in hopes that we'll say like Paul said, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. This is a big kingdom concept. And I need to say this, though you're probably already aware of it. This is stuff that I wrestle with personally. These are things that some days I'm doing great and some days I'm not. And I think it's okay to be real with that conversation. And these are conversations that I hope will way exceed here in this building and we'll go out into the community and you'll take these conversations and have them. So the next time you go into a store and you look at the store and you, and, and I don't, I mean, who likes to shop? Who likes to shop? Who likes to shop? If you're honest, you know, who likes to go shopping? I, I like to go shopping if I know what I'm going to get, right? I like to, okay. But, but think about it. This is not too crazy of a phenomenon uh, that it wasn't too long ago that if you went shopping, you literally would walk into a store and you would have to talk to the clerk 
behind the counter and say, I would like this, I would like this, I would like this. And then they would take it, pull it for you, and bring it out, and you would pay for it. Or you would hand them a list and say, here's what I need you to get me, please get it for me. And I don't know if some of you, this may date, date us in some way, shape, or form, but the store Woolworths, in which Woolworths was the first one to bring out marketing where they set everything out, and you could go and you could actually touch, and you could be like, oh, this is shiny, and, and, you, would, and you would be sucked into potentially getting something, and they knew it, and it became a marketing ploy, right? And of course, we know that that had just continued to escalate, and, and now it's like we would think if we walked into a store and there was just a counter, and we, we couldn't look at anything or touch anything, we'd be like, this is crazy. And then, of course, with the rise of the internet, uh, our buying and selling and the things, it's just, it's just been escalated, and we, we often bring items home to store and pay money for to store. And then we pay money to have salvage take it away. And then we repeat the cycle, right? I mean, am I the only one that's done that? You know, it's like we wrestle with that. And it seems basically that our economy is, is like getting people to break the tenth and final commandment, which is what? Thou shalt not covet. And so... Let me define coveting. Coveting is ungodly and disconnected desire, passion, envy, craving, greed, jealousy, obsession, longing, or lust for someone or something that is not supposed to be yours. Coveting is when you aren't content with what God wants for you, and instead you want something that he's not chosen for you, and you you go, I don't care, I want this. It's the opposite of kingdom contentment. And what's happened within the church ranks, people that are called themselves Christians, believers in Jesus, is that we have often got sucked into this because it is part of the rule of the actual ruler of darkness in all around us is saying, don't be content. Don't be content. You'll finally be content if you get this. You'll finally be content if you get that. You'll, it's going to be, you'll, if you get that. It'll, and, and we can watch and read news, news lines all the time of people that you go, how is it that they're not content? They've got the cars, they've got the house, they've got the spouse, they've got all of the things. And then they're still an addict. Or they kill somebody or they do something drastic. Why? Because the enemy knows that without God, there is no contentment. Without God, there is no contentment. So this is what John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this this world is what? Fading away. Okay? It's decaying. It's not getting better. And we long for the day Jesus will return. But here we go. Fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will what? Live forever. And that is eternally because what God has done through Jesus Christ 
in you. Isn't it curious that God listed coveting as this 10th commandment? And it's maybe because you can't, you know, love your neighbor if you're coveting their things. And so you can't truly love them. And one of the most interesting things as I was studying, as I was studying the topic of contentment, the topic of coveting, is that in, in times past, ancient cultures would have rules and guidelines to follow, right? They would, they would say, okay, moral conduct, you know, you don't lie, you don't steal, okay? And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those morals and those conducts of those ancient times didn't deal with what? The heart. And our Heavenly Father puts a heart issue onto the table in the area of contentment or the opposite, which is coveting, because he knows that if you do this, you're going to hurt a lot of people and or yourself. And so, here, here we go. Think about it. If we would not covet things, we would fulfill the commands of the Ten Commandments, number one and number two, you know, thou shalt have no other gods before thee and before you and have no graven images and so forth. So if you didn't covet, if you did number ten, one and two will be fulfilled of the Ten Commandments. If you didn't covet, you wouldn't fulfill or you wouldn't do number seven, which is adultery. Okay? And you would also fulfill of the Ten Commandments, number eight, no stealing. No stealing. Literally, if you would learn, if I would learn to live with contentment, five of the Ten Commandments would be fulfilled overnight. And our Heavenly Father knew that this, ten, this, this coveting thing was going to be something we're going to wrestle with because it started when the enemy came after God. And so, many of the world's problems would go away if we would just learn to be content and live with the kingdom value that our Heavenly Father says, if you'll find contentment in me, I'll take care of the rest. I'll take care of the rest. Let me ask you some questions. Here's some questions to see if this is something maybe you've wrestled with. Have you ever seen a car that you deeply wished you could own or drive? Have you ever seen a home that was so great that you deeply wanted it for yourself? Is there a person whose abilities, mental, physical, spiritual, you wish you could have? Whom do you honestly wish you looked like? <laughs> right? I mean, come on. This is real stuff. Whose spouse have you met that you secretly wished you were married to? Don't speak that out if you're married today. What is the one experience that someone else has had that you wished you had instead of that person? Whom would you trade lives with if you could swap your life with someone else's? So do any answers to those questions readily come to your mind? Then the reality is, is you have probably struggled to live in kingdom contentment and wrestle with this 10th command, commandment called coveting. And so Exodus 20 verse 17 says, you must not covet your neighbor's house, not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. So coveting at the core damages relationships, doesn't it? I, I don't know if you all remember our, since you know, we've been in the whole COVID thing, what is our mission? Our mission is to love God and relationally love people to Christ-centered wholeness. 
And at the very core, our Heavenly Father knows that life is about relationship. Relationship with Him and relationship with others. When we begin to live discontent, it begins to hurt our relationship with God. And, and I know that our Heavenly Father wants good things for us, right? Okay, you say He wants good things for us, okay? But also, I know that when my children were six years old, they would like a car. But, but what a good father, earthly father would do is not give them a car at six, but wait till they were 16, right? So we're not going to, even, and, and they're like, oh, I want a car, I want a car, I want this, you know, I want a gun, dad, or whatever it is that they would want. And I'm like, if I, if I was, it's like my, my Aunt Edna, I so badly at five years old wanted to have a little pocket knife, and my parents are like, you can't have a pocket knife, you can't have a pocket knife, you're going to, you know, you know cut something up or whatever. And I'll never forget, at my fifth birthday, I got a pocket knife from my great aunt Edna. And my parents were like devastated. And I'm, I'm sitting behind the couch. I remember still holding that little knife and going, man, you know what I could do with this knife? See, there's a thing called wisdom. Okay? There's a thing called wisdom. And our Heavenly Father, if we being what the Bible says, evil and evil tendencies are able to understand what is good for our children, how much more does God, our Heavenly Father, know what to do? And I love what James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens and He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And when we forgive it, when, when we forget and we start living in ungratefulness and we start coveting. We forget that our relationship with God is to be the priority and then we look around us and we become discontent because that's the attack of the enemy over our lives, one of the attacks. And then we forget something. That we in this room and you listening online are all rich. There is not a person, and you go, you don't understand. No, no. If you study the poverty cycles and all the things around the globe, everybody in this room and listening online, everyone by world's standards are wealthy. And we forget most of the world lives in poverty, has no electricity, don't have central heating, a fridge, or a pantry. And we walk into the, you know, I opened the fridge the other day, I'm like, what, no Pepsi? Are you kidding me? And you know, I'm getting upset. You know, we get upset over this moment. And the reality is, is majority of the world doesn't get to open a fridge and have something cold that they can take out of it. We forget that because we are, in fact, rich. So, so what happens is our Heavenly Father knows that we will struggle with this. And then through the Apostle Paul speaks to a young pastor named Timothy. And he knew that we would have this propensity to do what? To wrestle with contentment and to struggle with covetousness. And this is what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. And this is for you, church. This is for us to understand and to teach and instruct our children and to teach and instruct the world that we will engage that follow after Jesus. It says this. Teach those who are rich in this world, which is you and me, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, 
which is so unreliable, which we as a culture are finding out big time right now. And we're going into like trillions and trillions of debt, and dollars of debt, and all this type of stuff. We're trying to think, oh, if we can just make it all right, we can just position the dollars and get all the stock. If the stock market's up, it's good. If the stock market's down, we're, we're, we're messed, whatever. But look, which is so unreliable, Paul says to this young pastor, their trust should be in where? In God. Who does what? Who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. My question to you is, do you believe that? Because that, your actions will back up your belief in that and you will show the world that you truly trust in God. And the world right now does not need to see somebody shaking in their boots because their stock has gone down. What the world needs to see is somebody that goes, my trust is not in cars or, or possessions or in houses or in, in hobbies. My trust is in God. And so if that all goes away today, it doesn't matter. Because my joy doesn't come from those things. Kingdom contentment. Contentment is deep satisfaction with what the Father has given. Kingdom living is living contently. Are you living in that kingdom? Are you living in that kingdom? Coveting, not living in kingdom contentment hurts. Consumerism has become a religion, hasn't it? Malls are churches and online shopping carts are prayers sent to the retail gods who answer by sending us what we want. And it shows up on our doorstep in the form of an Amazon package. Right? So, so here's the thing. You're going, am I supposed to feel guilty when I have that Amazon package? Pastor Jason said Amazon package. No, 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 no. You see, we all want to look at each other that way, and we want to make, we want to make a judgment call, and then we feel guilty. Our, our Heavenly Father is not here to slam you and knock you down. He's wanting you to inspect your heart. He's wanting you to check that stuff out. And we work ourselves to death and spend ourselves into debt. We buy, we, we, we spend money that we don't have on things that we don't need to impress people that we have no idea who they are. The problem is not the stuff that you hold, but it's the stuff that holds us. The issue is not our hands, the issue is our heart. And this is what Luke said, or, or this is what Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 15. He said, beware, and it wasn't like beware, period, it was beware, exclamation. So here, here's for us to wake up today. Beware! Because, what? Because... Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And we know that life, is, is, as our Heavenly Father has taught us and continues to teach us, is but a breath. It's a vapor. It's vanishing. And if we don't learn to live in kingdom contentment, we will get sucked into something that ultimately will what? Can ruin our lives. And has many a life. So if not living in kingdom contentment can damage our relationship with God relationship, vertical, I'm going to say vertical for you, so you can picture this, vertical relationship with God, and damages our own lives, and then it goes on, and literally not living in contentment damages and hurts the people you love. Have you ever noticed if someone had had an issue with you and you didn't know why, or maybe you had a friend or a buddy or a girlfriend or whatever, and you're wondering, why is it? Why? 
that they don't seem to like me a lot. And I don't get along with them or something's wrong. And you find out that they're jealous about your life. The way you speak, maybe your vocals, how you sing, maybe, maybe about what you, what you, you know, own or possess. And, and they just have, it seems like they always have a beef with you. And you're like, I don't understand why they're jealous. And secretly in their heart, they're going, I wish I could. I wish I had. I wish, I'd. oh, it just frustrates me that they, they have so much and I don't. And you get sucked into that. And you know what that's, what's happening? That's spiritual. And it is going on around us all the time. And we, the church, and I'm going to say particularly in this time, cannot go to sleep on this area of contentment. And the area in which the enemy wants to come in and take us away and focus on the things that we don't have versus the relationship that we can have. So, questions that I have for you. Who makes you jealous? Who annoys you because of his or her beauty, income, humor, intellect, popularity, success, health, marriage, children? How is your relationship with that person that has more? You think looks is prettier, you know, has it all together, has the great job. Do you criticize that person behind their back? Do you get sucked in to wishing you could trade places with them? And if, if we're human here, and we're all human, we're wrestling with this right now. And some of us are going, no, 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 I'm not that, I'm not that. Our Heavenly Father's not here to judge you. He's going, just check. Just check what's going on, what's going on. Stay, stay focused, don't get sidetracked. Think about it. God did nothing wrong. God did nothing wrong, and Satan simply coveted the glory God received. And as a result, their relationship was destroyed. Why? Lack of contentment destroys relationships. So you want something that you're not supposed to have, and our good Father is saying there's a reason. This is a big kingdom principle. Okay, James 4, verses, James 4, verses 1 through 3. What is causing these quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you what? You scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Why is it that the United States is continually bombarded with nations that want to do what? Harm us, hurt us, whatever. Because it appears that the blessings of God have been real huge on our nation. And the world looks at that and goes, how come? And there's a discontent in this, this spiritual battle that's raging, all of that. And literally, nations would love to take us out if they could. And so you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight, wage war from them, and you don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. And you go, oh yeah, okay, I don't have it because I don't ask for it, so if I just ask God, I would get it. But hey, then you go on to verse 3. And we, even when you ask, so I'm like, I asked him, but even when you ask, you don't get it. Because what? Your motives are. You want only what will give you pleasure. And I know if you're like me, 
you like pleasure. You like to enjoy things. You like when things feel good. You like when you go home at night and you put your head on your pillow and you're like, there's money in the bank. (laughs) I've got everything in order. Man, it's good, God. And the reality is that that's easy to follow and serve and love God at that time, isn't it? But our Heavenly Father is wanting us to go, but what if that was slid off the table? What and who would you be trusting in? So when we covet versus living in kingdom contentment, the issue is not really between us and the person, I've learned. It's between me and God. And if I can figure out between me and God, and if I can go, God, I'm wrestling with, I'm struggling with, I need to surrender. I had 23 packages this last week come. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I had all those packages come, and it felt so good, and my, it raised my dopamine levels in my brain or whatever. And I prayed and all that. And, and it's like God goes, it's, it's not the struggle between so much between each other. If you'll get it with me, I'll work out the other. And you will begin to love, and you'll actually, when you see somebody be rewarded and blessed, you'll actually celebrate with them. And not celebrate secretly, you know, or, or, you know, or, or celebrate publicly and then secretly be like, oh, I wish, man, I, mean, I wish God you'd just do something real bad to them. Praying, this is, this is kind of application here. Praying that I've, I've learned is the on-ramp to kingdom contentment because praying to me as I've studied scripture, is relational between you and God. It's relational. And when I pray, it's this on-ramp. And as I pray and I come into the presence of God, you know to come into his presence brings transformation. And when transformation begins to come and his spirit begins to fill you, what I do is I see all of you and go, man, may the Lord bless your socks off. But if I don't get the blessing that I think that I should get, because, you know, look, I see you go, you got the blessing, you get the blessing. Well, come on, come on. Why don't I? Why am I getting that? And the Lord goes, I'm more than enough for you. God will show you, as you go onto this on-ramp of relationship with our Heavenly Father, he'll show you the difference between our need and our greed. And I've found that over the years in my life personally. And then coveting, robs you of blessing. Angel, Angel and myself, with our children growing up, we loved receiving presents from our children. We loved when they would write us little notes and they would give, get us little trinkets or little things and many times we have even just stored them away for later. You know, you pull out the, the archives or whatever and you look at them and it was, it was great and we're very grateful for that. But you know what was more exciting for us? Watching them open their gifts. Why? Because it is, in, it is kingdom principle that says, Acts 20.35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's kingdom. We loved watching that. And giving is a blessing. Now, there's a false kingdom narrative that is spinning and has been spinning for a long time in our nation and around the world. And I've sat in environments and I've listened to this. And the false narrative and the false teaching, kingdom thinking, and and that is twisted, is that we give to get a blessing. And as I've studied through scripture and I've processed and I've I've read some of the teachings and so forth, I, I, I can't break away from the reality that kingdom truth is that giving is the blessing. 
giving is the blessing. And this is a time where the world needs to see the church living this kingdom principle and seeing your generosity, your kindness, and your love in the midst of all kinds of chaos that is around us. They need to see us living it and showing that we truly are part of a kingdom that is not of this world. This is big. This is big. And so, so kingdom truth Giving is the blessing versus we get, give to get a blessing. And the opposite of giving is what? Coveting and it leads to, have you ever watched the show Hoarders? Coveting leads to, it, de- it depresses me. I get nervous. I don't know what it is. It's my perfectionism, I guess, at some level where I'm looking and going, I would like to burn that house down. Coveting leads to stealing and we do not allow others to enjoy what God has given them because we want to take it for ourselves and Coveting leads to not giving. And when we don't give, we are doing what? We are not loving. When we don't give, we are not loving. And we give, and we are to give out of what? Love for what God has done for us. That's how you begin to know kingdom transformation has begun to take place in your life. This is how you know kingdom transformation begins to take place in your life. When you give, and you are blessed to give with nothing in return. As we live in kingdom contentment through Jesus, we begin to give, and giving is that love in action. And when we covet, and we buy into those satanic ideologies, it leads to bad stewardship. And the reality is, is then then what? There's more month than we have income and there's more problems than we have resources and therefore we can't help anyone. But a kingdom value is is saying, I'm going to actually help others and I'm going to actually set something aside so that I can do something for somebody in need. Coveting ruins relationships with people we could be loving if we were not consumed with coveting. And then, last thing. And I know maybe some of you are going, oh, what about you wrestling and processing all of this type of stuff? Let the wrestle go, but don't feel condemned. Remember, I've talked about this. There is there now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let this, let this if this is something that's pricking your heart, stirring your soul, then take it and go to that on-ramp of prayer and pursue God. And let him work that out in you. I, man, this is so, so tense-filled. Coveting often brings the demonic into our lives. And even Matthew 27, verse 18, Jesus does miracles, sets people free, heals people. And you know the religious leaders? It says in Matthew 27, verse 18, Jesus knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of what? Envy. So it wasn't that they're like, oh, you're such a heretic, Jesus. No, what they secretly wanted was the notoriety and the fame, and they wanted all that Jesus had, and therefore they're going to what? They're going to arrest and they're going to murder him because they longed and coveted for what he had. That's, and, 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 and that's the enemy has brought that into the lives 
of people, and they're not even aware, but the church has got to be aware of this. We have got to be aware. Don't go to sleep on this. James 3, verse 13 through 16. Listen to this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by live, living an honorable life and doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For what? Jealousy, selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom, not kingdom wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil in every and evil of every kind. So the kingdom of God will be represented very well when we the church learn to live content. So, how do you crush coveting? Some of you are going, I don't know how to battle this, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, what I mean, I, what, how do you how do you crush coveting? going to sound real simple, with contentment. Jesus was teaching the principle of replacement when he said that if a demon left a person, so if you are possessed and the demon goes out of you and you don't replace what, what, what was, you don't put something new inside where that demon was, what happens? Seven, not just comes back, Seven more come in and occupy. So, for instance, you go, I'm going to get rid of coveting. And you get rid of coveting, but you don't put contentment in place of that coveting. What comes back is oftentimes more of the worse comes in and consumes you, and you don't even realize how evil and bad and tragic it is. And Paul says this, take off certain mindsets and desires, but what? Put on others. And so it's not the kingdom of God to just throw off coveting. Oh, there it is. And give away everything. See, we often think, well, what am I supposed to do? You're telling me to sell my house? You know, no, yeah, you just bag up all your stuff, take it to the goodwill, the stuff you don't want, and get a tiny house. You know, maybe you watch that. Angel and I have watched all those like tiny house things, and we thought, man, is that, is that what we're to do, live in a tiny house? And contentment has nothing to do, let me say it again, with your stuff and everything to do with your soul. And we have to welcome and put on contentment and kingdom contentment drives out coveting. And let me read these final verses, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Paul says, and this is a man that went through all kinds of tragedies after his conversion to Christianity and follower of Jesus, filled with the Spirit of God. And he says in verse 11, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do what? All things through Christ or everything through Christ who gives me the strength. And here's, here's the last, and I'm done. For those of you going, it's not possible. I've got 182 pairs of shoes, and I've got 
I've got X amount of money in the bank and all this, all this type of stuff. And I, I, you don't understand, it's been my, my life obsession is about getting things, more, and stuff. And I don't know how to do this. And Paul knew that you couldn't do it. He knew that you couldn't do it. And he says, I can do all things through what? Christ is the what? The anointing on and in your life. And without the anointing of the Spirit of God that comes and fills you, you will never live content. You will never overcome coveting. You will never come to a place where you go, enough is enough, and you will trust God. You'll never get to that place because some of you are going, well, if I just did this, and I just did this, and I just did this, I'm good, right? No, and that's why it's not by works that you live your life. It is by faith, and that naturally is the outflow of faith, but it is by Christ, the Spirit of the living God that fills you. So I'm going to have you bow your head and close your eyes. And online, bow your head with me, and let's pray. Contentment is not based upon what we have in this world, but rather what we have in our relationship with God, because He meets our deepest needs and is our greatest treasure. And there are some in this room today where you've been wrestling this. And you are wanting and you need the anointing of the Spirit of God on your life. And if that's you, what I'd like you to do is pray with me today and ask the Spirit of God to fill you. Online, this battle's been going on for a long time and you haven't lived in kingdom contentment. You even haven't even known what kingdom contentment is. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you fresh right where you're at. And so, Lord Jesus, today, would you break the strongholds in heavenly places, in, in spiritual places right now, that we don't see the strongholds that have a grip on our young people, on our old people, on every age and stage of life. Oh God, would you break those chains? Would you free people, God, to live a life of contentment in you? Would you free us, O oh God, to find you as the greatest joy and contentment that literally nothing else will matter, that we will, we will not... We will use things but not be owned by things. That we will live in contentment, God, for your glory. And I pray this over, God, your church today, both online and in person. I pray, Father, for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, God, over the lives of the young and old alike. That they will, God, grow to understand kingdom contentment and that they will find it in, God, that on-ramp of prayer, seeking you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I pray your church, God, will not push back and say, oh, no, no, I'm good, God, I'm good, and push it away and deceive ourselves into believing that we are truly living in the kingdom of God. When we're not living in the kingdom of God, when we habitually turn our back on God the values and principles and things that you say are fruit of the spirit that are part of our life and I pray over God all those online and in person that Lord right now you would break strongholds and that people Lord Jesus would truly come to know you and live in this contentment live in this kingdom contentment to you be the glory all heads bowed and eyes closed. If there's anybody online or even in this room 
and you don't know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, he is, right now, he's drawing you. The Spirit of God is drawing you. And I pray, God, that you, God, would open their eyes to see and ears to hear. And that they would come into a personal relationship with you. And if that's you today, you can invite Jesus by his Spirit into your life. Ask for forgiveness of what you've done. Ask him to become the Lord and Savior of your life. And turn and follow Jesus. And I pray for that over you right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm grateful for what you've done and continue to do in this crazy COVID pandemic, unrest, all kinds of stuff spinning, God, that you are still faithful and on the throne. And God, you have not left us and you won't forsake us. How good, God, you are. Thank you. And you're awesome. In mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.